Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. This is season two, episode nine. I'm Stephanie Rose, Sunlight's community manager, and on today's podcast, Judy, Lisa, and Sheila join me to explore relaxing ways for you to enjoy the holiday season. Many veteran homeschoolers take a longer break for the holidays or at least adjust their schedule to celebrate with family and friends. Join us as we help define what schooling through the holidays could be, how to adjust your schedule to fit in celebrating the season, and get some practical advice and ideas for a relaxing approach to the holiday school. Join me as we turn the page on this topic. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today, we are going to talk all about holiday school. And before we get to the definition of what holiday school means, let me introduce who's with me today. I'm Stephanie Rose. I'm the community manager with Sunlight. I'm joined by Judy, Lisa, and Sheila. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Judy, welcome. Thanks, Steph. It's fun to get together to talk about holiday school. Um, I am the marketing sales coordinator at Sunlight. And so that means that I get to every year put together all the teams that travel to conventions and see you face to face and show you all our fun products. And we certainly are planning on doing that for 2021. So we hope that uh, nothing gets in the way of that. I'm also a retired homeschool mom of three amazing adults and have just started homeschooling second generation of Sunlighters in our family. So we're very excited. Very good. Well, welcome Judy and Lisa. Thanks for joining today. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Lisa. Holiday school is my favorite time ever. Uh, My three children thoroughly enjoyed it. I have those three. They are um, two married, one graduating this year. I am one of the people that Judy sends out to talk to you at conventions and I am really praying and hoping and all the things that we get to do that next season. I can't wait to meet everyone in person. I think we all are. Thanks, Lisa. And Sheila, welcome. Hi, it's so good to be here with everybody. And um, I am also a retired homeschool mom. And I have been going to Sunlight Conventions for many years. So I'm looking forward to getting back into doing that. And I'm so excited to talk about holiday school with everybody. Great. Thank you all for being here. Let's define what holiday school means. Well, I think it means that school probably changes a little bit during the months of November and December um, while we're getting ready for holidays coming up. And so part of the purpose of even thinking about holiday school is to focus on the reason for those holidays. I think for every family, it could mean something a little different. For our family, it meant that we put away all our traditional school material and took our learning in the direction of focusing on Jesus's birth and how we could just enjoy that time as a family. It did evolve as my kids got older. Obviously, pausing of all the things wasn't always possible, but just a time to stop and it is a a different time. So we did different things. Yeah, and for us, um, we we really, um, we enjoyed the fact that we were homeschooling and so we were able to 
to do some changes and do some things that we wanted to do to be able to focus on some some um, things that we really wanted to focus on and be able to lighten up some of that school load stuff in order to create time for these extra things that we wanted to do. And so we were very intentional about it. I'm a bit of a planner. So I would get out you know, a calendar and, and mark the calendar with the things that we wanted to make sure that we got to. And then we had a list of some extra things that we, you know, if we had time, we would do these things too. But then we had, we had our big rocks that we would put into our bucket before we added those smaller rocks. So this was something that was, that was important for us. Um, because we homeschooled, that we had the freedom to be able to change things up a little bit. So it sounds like you can do really two things, one of two things. You can make your schedule flexible to fit in a little bit of education around the holidays directed towards Christmas time, or you can completely take a pause from traditional stuff that you're doing and, um, you know, focus really on the preparation of Christmas. So let's talk a little bit about how a person can flex their schedule to fit in some of that stuff. We typically did. We would um, flex to the point where I would choose one or two main subjects that we, we kept up with. So we always kept up with math and reading or phonics, depending on how old the kids were. And then everything else, all of our other subjects got set aside or got turned into something that was holiday focused, either for Thanksgiving or for Christmas. Um, so we would um, set aside history and language arts and science and focus on Advent. Or we would, um, some years I would um, kind of focus on specific aspects of holiday preparation. So we might do a little unit on um, um, candy making or cookie making. And, you know, you can still roll academics into that because you have to measure and yet you can talk about what it means to temper chocolate or um, to cook something candy to a certain stage to a certain temperature. So there's a lot of ways you can continue to have your academics without having to get the books out and, and the papers and the pencil and all of those things. How about adapting a regular schedule to include holiday? What are some tips on that? I think one way you could do that is to spread your four or five days over two, four or five days. So you might say, we're going to only do history every other day. So one week would take two weeks and your other subjects same way. And that way, maybe only your morning would have school, but your afternoons were free to do the baking or do the visiting or do the gift shopping or whatever is important to you. Uh, and then you're slowing it down, but you're not really setting it aside. So you wouldn't feel behind. One of the things that we would do is to remove those things like suspend, not remove, but just suspend for a while, those things that were suspendable. <laughs> so like we stopped doing handwriting worksheets or, you know, like that we could save for later. Um, we stopped doing the markable map and the timeline book. Like we just set that aside. That was something that we could easily just skip altogether or make up a little bit later. Um, 
sometimes I would just double up on a reading. So like we would double up on history. And if I doubled up a lot, like if the kids really were into it, we would triple up and, and just kind of cram it in the beginning of the week to be able to have some time at the end of the week to focus on more fun type holiday activities. Or depending on what the calendar held, if there was a gingerbread something something that we wanted to go see on Tuesday, then I would leave that day as a little bit of a lighter day and then cram in on those other days that we didn't have something scheduled. So I think um, maybe just change up your assignments a little bit. So instead of using the markable map, set it aside like Sheila said, or maybe use your markable map and do a little um, Christmas card geography. So where are we going to send all of our Christmas cards this year and let's mark them on the map or um, maybe do a little Christmas handwriting, um, set aside the worksheets, but maybe you make Christmas cards and you actually write inside of them and design your own or maybe you set aside your history schedule, but you find a good book or two on the history of St. Nicholas and who was he and um, where did that character come from? And so there are a lot of ways that you can even just change up your subjects to make them more holiday oriented. I think probably my children would say one of their favorite years when we did holiday school, we read Christmas Carol aloud. It was a read aloud, so we read it. We still talked about the words we didn't know. We still looked at places on the map. And then when we finished, we rented every version of the movie that we could find. <laughs> and we did a little comparison about which one of the versions more closely matched the actual plot of the book. And so they had to listen to the book, and then they had to be critically thinking when we watched the movies, but I think there's five or six versions of that movie. And some of them only share the title. <laughs> and some, we were very surprised. I won't give away which version we felt um, most closely followed the book, but we were quite surprised by the version that it was. So that was a fun way to use all of our sunlighting skills just with a Christmas theme. Was it like the Muppet version or something? You got me curious. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, it is the Muppets. They were the most close to the plot and it was the most true to the book. Wow. Kermit and Miss Piggy. Well, we're going to talk also about giving ideas, but before we do that, another way that you can incorporate math, Judy talked about baking, we, you could include your children in your budget, you could give them a budget for gift giving. Um, any other math ways we can incorporate there? Oh, recipes, recipes, yes, I mean, you can double much. and triple recipes and you know, lots of fun you can have with math. With math, you can incorporate math and geography. How many miles do we have to travel to get to grandma's? How many hours will that take? How many gallons of gasoline will we use? We can do lots of math with traveling. That would work. Absolutely. It just goes back to you are your child's first teacher. You're yes. teaching just in your daily life. Yes. 
Absolutely. So let's talk about giving ideas. Um, if you're not, if you would like to focus on giving instead of buying gifts, what do we got for ideas there? I have a great idea for this. And this was um, shared with me by a friend of mine and we adopted it and ran with it and, and did it for years. Even like when my kids were in, in, in high school, we call it secret Santa, but it has nothing to do with Santa. I don't know why we call it that. That's the name it was given and that's what we went with. And it's based on the 12 days of Christmas, the song, the 12 days of Christmas. And for so the idea behind it is that you pick a family that is not far from your house because the idea is that you're going to drop a gift off for 12 consecutive days. So you don't wanna be traveling 20 minutes every night to drop off the secret gift. And there's a poem involved that goes along with, um, you know, on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, and then it ties it to scripture. It's just wonderful. But my kids loved being ninjas because you have to ring and run. And in this day and age, it's really hard to ring and run with the whole ring thing, but whatever, you know, you can wear a mask or I don't know. Um, but so we would leave this little gift on, on the doorstep and then run away. And um, it says at the beginning that they will find out, like, don't ruin the surprise. We'll tell you at the end. But then in the end, you really don't tell them because it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so you give without them giving you any kind of anything. You know, it's just the, the, the simple act of giving. And there are little things, like there's a can of pineapples, you know, pineapple slices for the five golden rings. And they're very small things, soup, hot chocolate packets, you know, they're small things, but the kids love it. And then we choose the family as a family. And we have usually done like widows or single people in our neighborhood, especially if they've lost someone. We have a family, a, a, a woman who lives in my neighborhood who was a single mom and her daughter, her only daughter went to college that year. And so she was home alone. And so it was so fun to like, who are we going to do this year? You know, and so you involve the kids in the blessing. I tell you, it is so fun. And even like I said, even as high schoolers, they would enjoy doing it. It's something with a similar theme, although not, uh, that's great. I love yeah. that idea. <laughs> I have to do that with my grandkids. Yes. Um, yeah. So we used to do a gift for Jesus every year. And it was the same idea. The, the recipient never knew where it came from. And we would talk and pray together as a family and check with our pastor or people who might be aware of someone who was in need. And when we agreed on a family, then we would do something for them, something tangible, whether it was a gift card or a bag of groceries or whatever it was. Um, but the fun part of it was like Sheila said, we, we made the decision as a family, the kids were involved in the decision. And then we talked about what we were going to do. And we did it with no expectation of the recipient ever knowing. Um, so there were no accolades, no thank you notes, no nothing, we, but Jesus knew. And um, that was the whole, whole point. We always chose um, two angels, one for each girl at, at the same age, and then shopped for those from the Salvation Army tree at the mall or at the YMCA or wherever uh, the Salvation Army tree was. And again, it's giving 
the, the people that you give to never know who you are, but we used math because we had a budget for our, our angel tree and we wrapped and delivered and it was very fun to allow them to read through and choose and then to select what they really wanted someone else to have. Um, it just gives your kids a chance to see that giving really is better than getting. They, they would just be so excited to buy something for someone they would never meet and that would never know them. But um, then wrapping it and dropping it off was always, always fun to do. We do the similar. We pick something off the tree at the grocery store or wherever, and then we sort of adopt uh, a family. There's also an adopt a family um, in our community. So we have done that too. We've adopted an entire family and bought gifts for every single person with another family. Um, so I think there's a lot of ways that you can give back to your neighbors, um, to family members. Maybe you have a family member who um, is struggling to provide for their children or uh, maybe they're lonely or maybe they had someone die, write them a letter, write them cards, um, send them a gift. And then um, what about gifts of self, volunteering? We, um, our church every year did a um, boxes for soldiers. And so we always would be involved with picking up little things. We would get a list ahead of time. Here are the things that we can safely send no matter where they end up going and we'd get together and help them pack the boxes and ship them off and so while there was some purchasing involved it was also a gift from self because you helped to put those together. Um, we also would do little uh, holiday goodie bags for our neighbors and so I just would pick up plain old brown paper lunch bags at the local Walmart or Target and my kids, especially when they were younger, would decorate them, you know, trace around Christmas cookie cutters or whatever. And then we would make some of our favorite candy or bread and kind of fill those bags and then go deliver them, just drop them off. And um, we didn't ring and run, but we dropped and ran. <laughs> so, um, but people typically knew that it was from us. But again, that was a, a gift of self because they decorated and they spent time cooking and lots of fun things you can do. I think it's a little difficult this year just because of some of the you know, volunteer restrictions maybe, but also, you know, you guys are all Sunlighters, so you have a ton of books. You could do a little personal library. I've heard people say that they will print out books that they're willing to lend out to people and other families could, um, you know, rent their books or their movies or their games or whatever it is you're willing to share with your neighbors and um, trade that out for some fun stuff during the holidays. We often went to, uh, my husband's parents were much older than my parents. Um, so we did their Christmas decorating because they were to the point that they were like, eh, it's not important to us, but we would go because it really was important. It, it may have been more effort than they wanted to put in but they really enjoyed once it was done um, and then once my parents got too sick to do it so I was decorating houses a lot <laughs> but it was fun and it's a good way to invest your time it didn't cost me anything to do that except my time and my girls were 
happy to do it. And they learned again that you can give to other people and not get anything back and that's okay. And then we would go back after the holidays and put everything away, which was not nearly as fun, but important as well. Yeah, I was going to suggest something like that too. Um, our church has a lot of single people, older single people. Um, and so I think of this one woman who she had actually put on Facebook, like, I don't have time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the strength to decorate my tree. And she knew me. And so I reached out to her and said, well, leave me your key and tell me where your stuff is and I'll decorate it. And she was so appreciative. She came home from work one day and her tree was up, you know, and I, it was fun to decorate. I'm like, oh, look at these pretty ornaments. I mean, they weren't my ornaments. So it was fun to to kind of see what someone else had and, and to like, where would I put this? Let me put it here. And so she said she got home and, and was like, oh, I always put that one whatever on that table, but it was fun to see it on this table because I had decorated it in a completely different way than, than she would. Um, I did not include my children with that because it wasn't appropriate, but, um, but I mean, there are always things that you could do with your children's service project type things. Even today, you could rake someone's yard, um, you know, help put out yard ornaments or bows on the um, mailbox or on their front door or whatever, you know, so even if you have, older people who you don't want to get up on a ladder with your five, five-year-old to hang their lights, but you could make some bows and go decorate their front bushes or something. And, and that would bring them joy. And it's, and it's an act of service. I also want to say that while you can't go into a nursing home, maybe you caroled at a nursing home prior to your phones are excellent resources for that. Videotape the carol and email it to the nursing home. I guarantee that they'll play that for those people within it. So, you know, just simple things that you can do um, for others in your area, even mm -hmm. if it's a little different this year. Right. Let's talk about including children in holiday preparation. How can we do that? How can we make sure it's a family, um, task one of my favorite things is to is to create some sort of advent cal calendar because kids are always asking you how many more days mommy how many more days so one of our favorite things very simple is to create a chain with the numbers on it and even for the the little little ones who can't even count the numbers but they can see the chain shorten as you tear off a a link each day and then they can see um, just, you know, just how short it's getting and they know how close it is. And it's fun for them. You can cut the strips for them and they can staple or glue or tape or whatever. And that's a fun activity while you do your read aloud. Like that can be something that keeps their hands busy while you are doing school. So it's, you know, a very small thing, but, um, but certainly would involve them in the whole preparation thing. Go ahead, Even Lisa. Even your baking or whatever. If you've, if you've paused your school, if you've flexed your schedule, baking with children takes 42 times longer than the average baking time, but because of your freedom with homeschool, you can take the 42 times the normal time and make some chocolate chip cookies. So I think you can include them as much as they would like to be included. Because mm -hmm. you have time. 
<laughs> for sure. House cleaning, holiday shopping, all those things, you know, maybe you give them a list. Um, maybe you give them a dish to, to cook so they can budget what they need and make their list and um, follow the recipe and, and then they get all that and they're included in some of those holiday traditions you have. Yeah, and I would like to say this is, um, this is a great time to make some new holiday traditions because you're home and this is a new thing. So this is a perfect time to do a new thing. Um, one of the things that we did as a family that was new, like we had not done it in my family of origin. My husband had not done it in his family of origin. I, we had actually read about it in a book and I love the idea and we to this day still do it. And so, um, and that is that we do use a live tree. We shop for our tree Thanksgiving weekend because I also live in Florida. And so if we don't get our tree early enough, it's, dead by the time you get it home and in the water because it's so hot. So you need to, you know, buy it early and, and give it water the whole time. So we do buy a live tree and, um, and then we save that live tree when Christmas season is over. We cut off all the branches and then that becomes our Easter cross at Easter time. So from cradle to death, we have that same tree. So we cut it all off. We stick this trunk in the garage or in the shed until Easter time comes. And then we put it in the Christmas tree stand. And then we just find a branch in the yard, you know, and tie it on. And then we drape the colors of the, of the um, Lenten season. Um, and so we switch it out during that time. We only put it up for one, one week from Palm Sunday to Easter. We don't have it up the entire Lenten season. Um, but that was something that we started um, when we were homeschooling and because it was a lesson, but then we loved it. And that was something like we still do it. I don't have kids at home and I still do it. I love it. That's a cool idea. How else can we um, include literature into holiday school? We had a shelf on our um, bookshelf a single shelf that held just holiday titles, mostly Christmas, but a few for Thanksgiving as well. And we didn't touch those books until it was holiday time. And I think Lisa actually has some of those same books. I did pull out a here. few of our books. Um, we do, this is included in HBLH, but it's one of those that just because you read it once, you can read it again. And this Absolutely. is the sweetest story. It really talks about the real meaning of Christmas. It, it'll bring a tear every time. And then one of my children's favorite books, which you absolutely cannot read without crying, The Tale of Three Trees and um, The Crippled Lamb by Max Lucado, also a real tearjerker, um, be prepared. And then Love a fun one, I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know if you know, if you give a moose a muffin or a pig a pancake but this is if you take your cat to the movie or your mouse to the movie but it's set at christmas time so it's a fun, a fun. i'll let you read it tomorrow <laughs> but it, i love these books we have them all so this was a christmas gift to us one time so um lots of books and then we have a few others that are just set in a snowy setting which for us floridians make it a Christmas book so we do pull those out during the Christmas season as well. 
Okay, let's talk about the final topic, and that is taking a well-deserved break um, or stopping um, to enjoy the season. Let's talk a little bit about how we can guide parents to do this and what advice we have. It has to be intentional because we know that the holiday season is not a time when we ever stop. We just go right up to Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day and then the day after Christmas, we all die because um, it's been so busy. And so it has to be intentional. We have a tradition at our house um, that sometime the week of Christmas, we will order pizza so no one has to cook. Um, and we watch the movie, The Santa Claus, and we all know what's going to happen. We can tell you what they're going to say, but we put our Christmas pajamas on, we get our hot cocoa, we cuddle up on the couch, and we watch The Santa Claus. And so it's things like that, that, that you need to schedule, you need to know that are going to happen, but that are still joyful and focused on the right things, but they're restful. Just because there are things to attend, you don't have to. Or things to do, you don't have to do all the things. Yeah, I think Christmas is really a time where less is more. So even though there are so many things in community, and this year it may be different, you know, but from going to the Nutcracker and the new Christmas movies that are released and going to look at Christmas lights and I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're just endless and so many of them are lovely, but so many of them can also just be one more thing. And, you know, so I would say limit, lovely limitations are, a, are a good thing. So maybe you pick as a family, you pick three, like you pitch them out there and you see which ones stick and which ones are important. Like if we only did one, what is the most important thing? And then see what everyone says. And if everyone says the same thing, great. Um, but if everyone has a different thing, then maybe those are the things that you do and then you stop at one. Um, and stay off Pinterest, because Pinterest will make you feel inadequate. It'll make you feel like you're not doing it right. Everyone else is doing a better job. Um, pick one tradition to do, whether it's you're gonna bake cookies, bake a limited amount of cookies. You don't have to bake a dozen different kind of shape cookies and things and have a cookie exchange. Those are fun. But if it's going to add to the stress level, then it's not worth doing. And really pick the things that are going to pay in dividends. Watching a movie will be fun. It'll be a tradition that, that you, you know, do as a family and it doesn't require a lot. It's not going to drain you. So know your own limitations know your own energy level and operate within that. Don't put the blinders on. Don't see what everyone else is doing. Don't compare. The comparison trap will trap you every time and you will always fall short. So don't. And even if you don't fall short, then you get prideful. And who wants that? You know, so. Well, I think the Jotham's journey that we're using in the Advent kit and the, the subsequent titles that come after we're a real slow down focus for our family because no matter what else was happening, we made it a priority to get through those readings each night. And so even if it was only for 15 or 20 minutes, 
we had a little quiet family time. The TV was off, the noise was down. We were reading together and really focusing on the true meaning of Christmas just for a short time. But, but that really grounded our family in those years when people were just going everywhere. We, we made sure we made time to, to get that done. So it, just, just throwing that out there in case you're on the fence. It's the, the books are, are awesome to read together. Yeah, the books are really good. They end with a cliffhanger and my kids would always be like, oh no, and I'm like, nope, time for bed. And I'd march them off to bed and then I'd go and read because I wanted to know what happened. So they are good. There are four in the series. Jotham is the first one in the series. So if you like them, uh, a little tip, we would reread them and I would mark the year that we read them. So. I was just going to say that we always made a little note of the years that we read them and maybe even just one thing that was influential that year or special that year or whatever. So I, I love to open them and see what we've yeah. recorded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Helpful too to, to plan um, purposeful conversation about the holidays. We we tend to do that on Thanksgiving. So as my husband would get ready to pray over whatever was on the table that we were waiting to dive into, he would stop. And some years he would have us go around the table and tell one thing that, that we were thankful for. Um, and the same thing at Christmas, we would often stop before breakfast because we, we didn't do gifts under the tree until after breakfast. And so, my husband and I enjoyed drawing out breakfast, <laughs> but, but one of the things we would do would be to pray and thank the Lord for the purpose or the reason that we celebrate Christmas and then to talk about that. And so even just simple conversations can really help add meaning um, to both holidays. Well, our family has a November tradition we make a poster every year and every day someone has to everyone has to write what they're thankful for on the poster and I have them saved for eight or nine years and it's so fun when I when we finish this year and I put it with the others they're, they're just white pieces of poster board I have rubber bands around them to go back and see you know what my eight-year-old was thankful for versus what my 19 year old is thankful for now uh, but it's a great visual reminder we we do have much to be thankful for yes yeah indeed and that is just i want to close with you know really remembering what the whole holiday season is about and focusing on the birth of Jesus and the the reason for the season um definitely make time for that i think that that would be my final word. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for joining. I hope that this holiday school session helps you decide what you're going to do, what you're going to let fall by the wayside. Mm -hmm. And um, it helps you enjoy your family and the, the reason for the season a little bit more. Thanks, guys.